On this week's episode, we've got the one and only GMO. That's right, genetically modified organism. He is coming to you from St. Louis. This dude has been recommended by so many guys as a compassionate servant leader with a great heart. He's also on the national SLT as a chief of sectors or sector Q. And he's going to tell you his story and probably a story you don't know about from GMO. He's had some serious issues in his life. He's overcome them become to become a leader of men. And it's just a, a story of courage, inspiration, and faith. Welcome to the High Impact Man podcast. High impact men from across the nation sharing their stories of inspiration, encouragement, and hope. Gosh, seek transformational relationships. What you're hearing from the culture is not right. Pick up the six, you know what I mean? But you never know who your six sometimes is. Stop being less. To help others become the virtuous leaders they are called to be and that our nation desperately needs. Okay, welcome to another episode of the High Impact Man podcast. Uh, the day we were recording this is May 30th, so the day after Memorial Day. This show will probably air in two weeks, just so people know the chronology of things as we go forward and talk to our guest, GMO. A lot of you guys know him. Those who don't, you're going to learn about him. And those of you who know him, you're going to learn even more about him. So we're excited to have GMO on. Uh, my name is Nevin Gorky. I'm the host. Uh, my name is D-Fib in the gloom to my three brothers. And I'm joined as always by my co-host, Troy Klinger, otherwise known as Dial-Up. And uh, yesterday being the uh, uh, Memorial Day, we did it, what most people do. We did the Murph Wad, yep. which started out in um, CrossFit gyms and, and expanded and grew. And a great article by Michael Easter that I get weekly uh, email anyway, the history of how the workout became so popular and so forth. But uh, most of you are familiar with it. You know, you run a mile, supposed to do 100 pull-ups, 200 Merkins or push-ups, and 300 squats, and then run another mile. Uh, ideally, you do it with a weighted vest. Turns out Murphy would wear his body armor, which was 16.5 pounds. And so a lot of guys wear 20 pounds or more, which is cool. Um, I couldn't do pull-ups, but... Um, uh, because of an uh, injury to my arm and I'm too fat, but uh, <laughs> mostly, most, mostly the injury to my arm. But uh, anyway, uh, it's a great workout. <laughs> That's your story. And you're sticking. That's to my it. story. I'm sticking to it. Saturday, <laughs> mostly I mostly the arm injury. Right, mostly the arm injury. So uh, Saturday, I queued for the first time in six months because of my back injury and my back surgery. And I didn't. We did army crawls. I was t- talking to Dial up a little about it, a little bit about it. He wasn't there. He was out west. I was glad I was still on vacation. <laughs> he was glad he's still on vacation. I saw the reference to it's not a workout until the shower drain. Gets yeah, clogged. that was that's your quote. By I the know way. it's my quote, right? But as soon as I saw it, I'm like, I knew exactly what we were going to be doing, yeah. or you guys were going to be doing. If like you I ain't said, clogging the drain, you ain't working out. Glad I was like, glad I'm still out west and not home because <laughs> we're, they're going to be crawling across the grass. There's a couple jerk, guys who mud. modified and wouldn't do the army crawl. Aww. Who shall rename nameless Half Thor and Porkies <laughs> uh, doing bear crawls instead of army crawls? But you know they're a little. I don't know, a little fragile maybe on yeah, the, the rough it's, ground. It's almost know. like three pock that time. He he was he was a little offended. He didn't like his getting <laughs> his shirt made, dirty. He got his shirt and sweatshirt his dirty. His new Syracuse <laughs> shirt. He didn't like getting that dirty. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's where relationships are formed down that's in the right. dirt, right? That's yeah. right. Grinding. All right. Very cool. Well, GMO, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, guys. All right. For those it's of you, been, it's been a minute since we've been trying to get together here, DFIB. So I appreciate your perseverance. Yes. No. And 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 I appreciate you, you uh, giving us the time. I know you've gone through some stuff uh, the last couple of weeks, but uh, but we uh, now have met. Here we are uh, doing this podcast. And as we talking before we went on the air, uh, we've interviewed a couple guys, a few guys from the St. Louis General of St. Louis area, um, and all of them. Is, to a man, it's like you got to interview GMO. You got to interview, interview GMO. So. His, his name was like Bad Money. It just kept showing up, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> In our podcast, and here he is. All ah, right. No so, right. So, tell us, uh, um, give us your 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 name and uh, how you got involved with F three and how you got your name GMO. Wait, before you do that though, dial up. I don't think we have to guess this one, right? You saw in his bio. Yeah. We usually try to guess how people got their F three names. But your, your, your man had to do with agriculture and stuff, so I'm guessing exactly. that's... Exactly. All right. So the mystery there is... Uh, is it's over. Is over. They tried to name me a fish killer, but I said, that's not true. <laughs> so you can't do that. But uh, yeah, Steve Schaefer, 58, GMO, um, genetically modified organism. But over the years, it's uh, 
adjusted into genetically modified old man. I've moved from <laughs> no, you're not old. You're not old. You're not old. And then it was genetically modified optimist. So mm. I go by G or the G of Mo. Uh, I answer pretty much to anything. Uh, I've been doing F3 for five years, uh, actually. Um, you know, when I started, I was about five months into trying to work out myself. I was 60 pounds heavier and my doctor had prescribed a 13th medication. Mm. And uh, I finally decided that I needed to make better choices. And I'd you know, gotten a couple injuries on the Peloton and uh, had a buddy, Yodel, Cadre Yodel, um, invite me to this men's workout group. And uh, it took me a while for it to catch on. But uh, after the first year, I was, I was all in. I think, you know, for me, just a little background, the hard part for me wasn't that I could only do three Merkins that first day and not really run 100 yards at all. Uh, it was really this kind of deep down fear I had of being around men in an unstructured way. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad uh, was a pretty abusive verbally and physically uh, alcoholic, and I was afraid of him. And then in high school, I was bullied pretty bad and uh, quit pretty much every club, every kind of sport that I tried. And, uh, you know, I've spent a life of just being afraid of being around men unstructured. I could do it, you know, really well at work where there was kind of a hierarchy of management, but uh, kind of that locker room, um, free form mumble chatter was something that that was the reason that I kind of resisted it really didn't catch on pretty quickly for me. Um, but then after that first year, when I realized it really had a great connection into kind of men's ministry, men's, uh, formation. Um, and then, uh, you know, from there it just was site and Mantan and, and now I'm part of the, the nation, uh, leadership team, which I'm can't believe a, a guy who was afraid of being around men is now leading them. Yeah, <laughs> so, That's amazing. Yeah, I've been I've been really reflecting a lot. My kids are all just recently graduating and moving into new phases of their lives, and even myself and each one of them, the things that uh, in their childhood that was a point of pain or frustration or difficulty are the things that actually that they're good at and that they're creating careers around, and has become a a huge huge blessing. So that's a little bit of how I got started. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing, though. You know, that's that took a lot of courage to take that first step and show up. Yeah, um, but it's it's just amazing the the fellowship uh, that we always talk about. The uh, you know the deepest human need is is the sense of belonging, mm-hmm. and um, you know I had really gone through a spiritual awakening in in my faith um, and was around men who I couldn't believe were telling these testimonies about their lives, the thing they'd done, the things they'd failed at. And here was I was at church standing next to these guys that I was judging and uh, thinking I did measure up. And about 2010, actually, I got to a place in my life that I uh, had a major uh, crash and burn, I call it, where I was a suicidal thoughts and, and uh, took myself out. You know, I look now that it was supposed to, the worst and the, and the best thing that could have happened to me. Um, but it was all because I didn't really have a sense of belonging. I didn't have any deep friendships. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to make male friendships. I, I obviously from what I just shared, um, hadn't really gotten that experience. Wasn't very relaxed around men and, and went on this, uh, men's retreat kind of as a last, uh, last ditch effort, kind of the officer and a general gentleman. I've got nowhere else to go. And mm-hmm. I decided, this retreat and I couldn't believe the men that I was standing next to it at church were the men that were telling these stories of the debauchery and mm-hmm. bad decisions and you know the the beauty and the grace and mercy that came through their lives that uh, was the first time that I really became a, a true believer um, in my faith so yeah um, I'm a little bit all over place you guys usually like to go kind of chronological okay. here right that's no, no it's you're, okay you're fine, man. you're that's blowing me away with a good this story. story already to start yeah these are things i didn't yeah. even know you know obviously um didn't put in your bio i so true so true though like you, you, just, you don't you know it's it's part of what f3 is all about you don't know what that other guy right beside you right yeah. is going through or has gone through and the, the stories that yeah 
that you hear. And it's, it's part of what we do, why we do this podcast, right? Is just to, for guys to put those stories out there and uh, to share the, the journeys that they've been, that they've been through in their lives. Yeah. We always say it's, uh, you know, we accelerate at the speed of trust and the best way to do that is um, to be vulnerable, right. And be honest and be transparent, um, share appropriately. But uh, you know, the sooner you start to just be real and, and be honest and be vulnerable, the sooner you're going to be able to relate to another guy. Um, and I think too, those, those places where I've really screwed up or places where that pain, um, gives me a little credibility, honestly, mm-hmm. you know, because I've recovered from a, a lot of things and it, you know, makes it a little bit more authentic. It, um, not just kind of talking about it in theory, but, uh, you know, you know, it's something that's deep in my heart and yeah. that I've got some credibility to kind of really pour into other guys to say, Hey, yeah, I was there. Um, Here's kind of where you're at. Here's where you're headed. Here's what you might want to avoid. Um, so I can speak, you know, with uh, kind of the grace of God and Holy Spirit, um, some truth nuggets and, um, you know, some hope, like yeah. you guys said, kind of your introduction. Hey, I'm, I'm curious. You mentioned that for several months before you found F3, you were exercising on your own. Yeah. Uh, what, like, what, what was that like? Uh, in, inconsistent? Were you, were you consistent with it? Uh, what, like, what were you doing? Lonely. I was on a treadmill. I was on a, um, I was before Peloton, you know, the kind of the stair stepper thing. I did PX 90. I mean, everything in the book, once I read the, the free to lead book, the whole Pogo 40, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, at 40, I lost, you know, a bunch of weight and looked great. And then by 45, I was, I was down again. And, and then, you know, Five years ago, I was back up 60 pounds, so it was yeah. quote, a pogo 60 for me. <laughs> uh, but uh, but then, you know, you just kind of get sucked up into all things that are, that are um, you know, leading a workout and then, you know, leading some second and third F events and you build a whole bunch of confidence. Mm-hmm. It really, you know, even as a, you know, at the time, 53-year-old, you're kind of at the last 500 of your career, but... For me, F3 helped me go to a whole nother level in my leadership at work and certainly leadership in my own family. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of times guys could be in like a Bible study or a faith sharing group, and that's great and that's important. That's, you know, a, a brick that you need or a guardrail that you need. But unless you're really living it and you're talking about it and hold each other accountable to mm-hmm what does that leadership look like in your marriage, in your relationship with your kids? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, uh, and for me recently too, within the last couple of years, it uh, pulled my parents into that concentric. Uh, so I look at them as my two point, I guess, 0.2 and 0.3. I don't know what you'd call <laughs> Yeah. So uh, man, there's, there's a lot to talk about there. I, so you, you know, you had this difficult relationship with your dad when you were growing up, uh, being abusive, but, uh, you still have a relationship with him. Did you guys talk about that? How did you deal with that? How do you deal with that now? Yeah, that's a great question. Very insightful. Um, when I went to that, that men's retreat, that faith retreat, um, you know, I realized that I needed to forgive my dad. Yeah. And, um, you know, I went through a rehab. I had to write him a letter kind of telling him off and, and standing up to him. And, you know, after that retreat, I realized I had to disconnect from him for um, about 18 months and really connect to my Heavenly Father. Mm -hmm. And it was through that that relationship I had with my Heavenly Father that I was able to forgive my earthly father and realize, you know, through that and the conversations that we were able to have, I had no idea what his father had done to him. Mm -hmm. And it opened my heart to see this little boy who was still hurting and he didn't know how to, you know, be a a truly vulnerable uh, leader and, um, you know, be emotionally stable. And, you know, through these years he's become sober and uh, I see him as a grandfather and I don't know. It's like, uh, it was holding me back because of that anger and that resentment, um, also just realizing kind of what that had done to me, right. uh, was very paranoid and he was very difficult to read. So I've had to do a lot of reflection to say, well, how did I benefit from that? Well, 
looking at it, I'm a really good project manager. You know, I can come up with plan A, B, C, D in case something gets off track. I know how to pivot to manage the situation because I had to do that, yeah. you know, as a kid. Um, but but now it's like uh, I'm, I'm the father and he's the son and I'm, I'm leading him in new ways. I'm having the right conversations with him about who he is and, and still at 84, who he wants to be. <laughs> you know, and going to all his doctor appointments and, you know, being, you know, an advocate for him and, yeah. and seeing him through some pretty major life decisions. You know, so. praise God for that. I mean, you, you know, you went through that stuff and you were able to uh, get healing because you came to know the Lord. Yeah. And, but thank God your father is still alive that are able to do that stuff and is still alive because there are men that I know who have really bad daddy wounds and their fathers passed away and mm-hmm. they, they are having a hard time reconciling that. Yeah. Yeah. The relationship that we have, I mean, he loves me so much. I always say he would crawl inside me if he could. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I mentioned to you deep that what I was going through these last couple months was um, my mom had Parkinson's. Yeah dementia was seeing hallucinations and so I really had to jump in and and uh, you know get home health care and from there get her in a nursing home um, get her into hospice and all the while kind of juggling my dad's emotion around it right for my mom advocating and sharing what was going on with my whole family um, so the the and she passed away two weeks ago and uh, it was um, for me just such an unbelievable honor and blessing to care for her and love her through these last couple of years intensely, mm. but uh, being at her side and, and being with her when she passed away um, a couple of weeks ago, um, it's just been such an amazing experience. I can't say enough to the guys out there um, because as I was feeding my mom or as I was trying to, you know, eventually take her keys away from her and then feeding her and then dancing with her in the wheelchair just to get her excited and to be happy and to do some physical therapy in a creative way. Those are all the same things I did when my kids were young. And so at a point in my life in that kind of deep, dark depression, I was ready to quit because I couldn't handle it anymore, you know, but, um, I just look back on, on what I was great at being a dad, what I love to do for my kids. But also I got to a point where I was like, I can't wait till this is over. I can't wait till they're gone. I can't wait till I retire. I was like wishing my life away because it was so hard at that point. Mm -hmm. But now I look back and I just say, I loved being a dad. And and I was, I was able to be a father to my mom and and now to my dad. uh, Those skills are just um, invaluable. So Embrace it, guys, is what I would say. Right. Yeah. yeah, we have to live in the moment, and uh, um, those moments will pass, right? We got we have to respect and, and uh, honor and, and really appreciate uh, what's happening now, even if it's hard. Uh, you know, my mom has recently developed uh, Alzheimer's, and mm. she's in a nursing home uh, for a little over a month now. And, uh, she doesn't remember anything though. I mean, she can't, she remember, you know, distant past. You could, they have, they may maintain some distant memory. Uh, but she doesn't know who I, she knows. She recognizes that she should know me when I visit, but, but she doesn't know who I am. She doesn't know who her other son is when I ask her about her sisters. I mean, it's that kind of thing. And, um, and so it's, you know, it's heartbreaking, but she's happy where she is because she doesn't really know any better. Like, right before she went in my dad hung on as long as he could taking care of her and we live yeah. in, we live an hour apart so it's not like i could be there all the time yeah and he did a just a heroic effort taking care of her and um but now she's in a place that's safer for her and safe for him because yeah. then just like you said you know you got to take care of your dad i'm worried about my dad he's going to be 80 uh in yeah. well next week and uh you know his health, health was suffering because he was stressed out taking care of her all the time but so anyway a lot of people out there dealing with the similar issues and that's a great yeah. message that we should you know really appreciate the blessings that we have in those moments yeah. sorry about your mom's passing yeah thank you yeah all right so let's uh let's let's try that rewind things a little bit here and <laughs> go back to young gmo when he was a seedling um <laughs> Yeah, non, so non-modified. You, yeah, non-modified. I don't know. Non-modified, yeah. <laughs> um, 
you know, we, I grew up, it's funny, I would call it Beaver Cleaverland. Um, <laughs> I thought that's how I grew up with a, a dad who worked and a mom who stayed home. And eventually she was a secretary and we had this awesome cabin with no running water down on the river. And we spent every weekend down there with our, with our cousins and aunts and uncles. It's it, it, from the outside was a, a kind of a, you know, go-karts, mini bikes, tree houses, just yeah. crazy, crazy fun. Cool. Um, but undercurrent was, you know, a dad who, who drank too much and, and, um, it was was um, difficult to be around mm-hmm. when he wasn't partying, right? When he wasn't entertaining. Um, um, and then, you know, high school, I gave a little bit of snippet there, running cross country, and was out five miles on on a run. And uh, a guy kind of bullied me with um, I use these foxtail things. He's like, "Hey, look at this! Put this in your mouth." So I'm trying to be friendly and and be included. I put it in my mouth, and he ripped it and all these seeds ended up in my mouth and everybody laughed and then ran away. And it was like, it was, you know, it doesn't sound like much, but when you're a, you know, teenage boy trying to fit in something that just, uh, you know, I pretty much quit. And then in high school, just, you know, I was popular with the girls because I was such a nerd. I think they wanted to, I don't know, break me in kind of in a weird way. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, it's a good ploy. GMO. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, my boy. So it was like uh, I was worked hard, got good grades, and uh, and was uh, a little bit free in the in the sexual revolution space. Yeah. Um, and you know a little bit too. In my background is is uh, porn, uh, which is something my dad introduced me to when I was a kid. I'll never forget walking into my grandpa's workshop and there was a playboy calendar and i'll never forget i don't like a six years old walking in and seeing that calendar and i I just remember like it was yesterday such a visual memory and so that that kind of attraction and kind of uh early experience in in uh in uh sex with uh with with girls uh high school you know just was something that just was uh kind of as i look back now on on my 31 year marriage and even talk to my three daughters um they're like well did you have sex before and like yeah but i wished i hadn't you know it cheapens my relationship with my wife and so just because i did it doesn't mean that you should do it you know But um, something I really, really, really regret um, on many levels. Mm-hmm. So, uh, high school went to uh, went to junior college for two years because I had to pay for it myself. So, well, let me stop you for just a second. Where was it that you grew up? In Belleville, or right outside of St. Louis. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Go yeah. ahead. Sorry about that. Yeah, I was just going to go on, and and then in college, um, I went to junior college for two years, just. Uh, and I actually chose accounting, and I think it was because of the high control that I needed, that mm-hmm. kind of the planning and organizing and debits equal credits. It was very structured, and I, I heard they made pretty good money, and that you know there was always a right or wrong answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, you know from there went to St. Louis University. That's where I met my beautiful wife. It was funny because I was the kid that would sit in the back of the classroom, or she would sit in the back with a, a big Diet Coke and hung over from partying because she was the president of the sorority. Mm-hmm. And I was the kid that was sit in front and remind the teacher that, you know, he forgot to assign homework. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, you were popular, weren't you? Opposite, <laughs> yeah, I, I, wasn't there. I wasn't there at that time to meet women. I was there to, you know, get a, a, a good grade and, and, a, and a degree and, and start working. Um, but I'll never forget uh, when she'd walk into the bar, Clark's or Humphreys, and um, it was like the, the place was pumping, you know, it was a party. But when she walked in, everybody yelled her name, and it's like the lights sh- shined on her mm. and the music pumped louder. And I thought at that time, you know, from the corner, back corner, dark corner, I was like, I'm going to marry that girl someday. Wow. Yeah. So it's weird how we then started working together and, um, doing tax returns and, uh, you know, a good friendship, you know, that we had. He, she'd set me up with her sorority sisters and her friends and, 
you know, eventually one thing led to another and uh, we got married. So then the nerdy guy got the sorority president. Uh, yeah, that's what, uh, that's, uh, I guess maybe there was good training in high school for all that. Kind of stuff. <laughs> did, did, did you guys start dating then in college or you, you said you started no. working together? So you, did working you end up at the same, yeah. same firm yeah. or something? Yeah, we did. Same CPA firm. And uh, it's funny because I, it was almost like I had some bad experiences working and dating. And it was almost like when I decided to date her, I knew that we were going to get married because mm-hmm. I didn't want to mess around with, you know, my career. And then, um, you know, a situation with uh, what they say, fishing off the company dock, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Now, were you yeah. romantic? I, well, so did she, like, okay, sorry, I got to jump. So did she like recognize, like, did she remember you from, from class? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, you're that nerdy dude. Is that up front and ask all the questions, <laughs> right? Yeah, she always says that she was testing me out with her friends. Yeah, in college, she would set me up for sorority sisters, you know, screw your roommate dances or something like that. <laughs> um, but, you know, she's got her whole story, too, which I think marriage is a miracle, uh, living a miracle. She, um, she, her, her mom and dad were divorced. Her dad was married nine times. Nine? She had wow. Wait, nine wait, 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 wait. Nine? Yeah, nine times. That's got to be a record. <laughs> <laughs> but I just say, I just say that because Zaza, you know Zaza who was it that was married? Uh, who who who's the celebrity that was married? So many Elizabeth times? Taylor. Elizabeth right? Taylor. That's it. Thank you. The name was escaping me. Nine. So here's here's a, a guy coming in with a very direct, demanding dad. What dad says goes. Yeah. And then here uh, a woman whose father left them. She was always the one that had to call him to, you know, get the the child support check and yeah. you know never trust a man i'm not going to rely on a man and so two people on the opposite ends of the spectrum you know eventually come together and yeah. so we through our 31 years and uh, kind of bouncing back and forth um with uh, still learning about each other through each phase of life who, wow. who who asked who out um it was new year's eve and we didn't really ask each other out we just we just um, kissed together. on the dance floor at New Year's, uh, I don't know what year it was, uh, 1991 or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Yeah, we went from uh, not dating to like serious relationship and talking marriage. So Cool. You know what you, they call a guy that gets married nine times? A glutton for punishment. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, well, she'll say he just, uh, <laughs> just loved to love. He loved falling in love. He loved that face, right? Yeah. Okay. That's good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you're married. You said that. Uh, did you mention rehab? Did you have some substance substance abuse issues? Yeah. So it was mostly just um, depression, and I would say substance abuse. Substance abuse. I, you know, for me, it was my go to was porn. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I remember, you know, you get into the business of, of career, you get into the business of being married, you get into the business of having children. And, um, you know, I, I got to a point where my girls were teenagers. Uh, we had just done a, a big addition on the house. You know, the job was falling apart with the economy back in 2007, 2008. I was envisioning living in a van down by a river or I was thinking, you know, how can I have an accident and make it look like, um, how can I kill myself and make it look like an accident? How many pills would this take uh, going off this ramp? You know, could it look like I, you know, missed the curve? And, and um, you know, at, at that point I had a panic attack at work and, um, and I look back now and I think, you know, it was Jesus taking me out before I took myself out. It's both the best and the worst thing that could have happened to me at work when you're trying to put your shields up and be a warrior and not let anybody see you sweat. Mm-hmm. And um, here they were strapping me down in the, the psych ward at uh, Mercy Hospital and my wife walks in thinking I maybe had a heart attack. And they were strapping me down because I couldn't stop rubbing my face. I was so stressed out and so anxious um, that I just couldn't, I couldn't manage it anymore. And I was ready to, ready to quit. And it was embarrassing to see her walk in and see me at my lowest low, mm. um, which, you know, it's honestly, guys, it's like, how can, I thought, how can she still love me? Mm. Well, there was a moment where I was curled, literally curled up in bed. It was a good day for me to, 
get out of bed and get get a shower. And, and here one morning she came behind me and curled up behind me. And I thought, how can she love me? How can she still love me? And I remember looking at us from above and it was such a holy experience. And it wasn't, it was at a time when I was pretty much an atheist. I was pretending church, but I wasn't a believer. But to know I had a wife that, you know, loved me like Jesus through my worst and darkest time was, uh, you know, a great, a great um, life-changing experience for me, life-saving experience for me, because she could have, you know, said, well, you can't take care of yourself. You're not going to be able to take care of me. I was right. I can't trust men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't rely on them, you know, but we're both very pig-headed and determined and um, faith-filled, so I'm uh, super blessed. But, you know, what, what happened you know, after that is I still had this kind of porn issue, right? And so I thought, you know, it would be a good idea for me to confess and tell her that because I thought it was just something guys did, but that's not true. It shouldn't be true. And she was extremely hurt. And uh, that's when I really betrayed her Um, because I wasn't cheating on her physically. I was cheating on her emotionally. Right. And she was hurt. And that was um, a point at which um, we had to go to therapy and we were talking about getting divorced. And, you know, we worked through it. It was uh, extremely humbling. Uh, it took me to a place that I needed to go to show her that she could trust me again and she could trust me in the right way, not the mascot way, not the sad clown way. Right. Um, so uh, we've been through a lot, as most marriages, as most miracle, right? It's not going to be easy uh, to be married, but it's definitely worth it. So, yeah, well, praise God for that, man. Uh, that's that's an incredible story. I and I had no idea that this was going to be your story. I really didn't. So, so, but it's it's important, right? I think it's important to to do what you're doing. As you said, you're going to be vulnerable, and and you can help other guys that way because. You talked about going on the men's retreat and these guys were opening up about what they were dealing with and they didn't, they weren't the paragons of virtue that they look like in the church pews. And that's true everywhere. You know, we just don't really know what other guys are going through and how they are because we're good at wearing masks. And, uh, yeah. you know, you went on that retreat and the masks came off a bit. And, uh, they that, do. Yeah. but I think still in that, that church environment, it's easy to keep them right. At within hand's reach. And I think with F3, obviously, especially if you're showing up regularly, especially if you do an eight box or a gold document or a shield lock mm-hmm. relationship, that's for me where the magic happens, right? Because I didn't learn how to be a good masculine male leader really until we started having Q-Source discussions. And I was listening to Dread and Dark Helmet. Yeah. And I was having other guys at my side really speaking a new and better language as to how to be a male leader. Because I think even up to that point, there were things that, that I presented as if I was a, a good leader because I was doing all the right things. I was living the right life. But just below the surface, there was um, things in cobwebs and dirt that needed to be cleared out and be held accountable to continue to make progress. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, I think, you know, your, your experience kind of mimics mine a bit. I, you know, I think that going through, you know, and Dial-Up was involved with the men, most of the men's ministries and all the men's ministries were, we were part of and stuff. And it, they're really good. And they're, you know, it's, it's, um, guys are blessed by it. But I've seen, I've said this before, I've seen a lot of guys that deal with the same issue over and over and over again. Yeah. And in F3, talking to guys from the podcast, we talked to a lot of guys, and in our own experience in our own region, that it seems like it's a bit of a vehicle, you know, working out hard together and developing those, those kinds of bonds of fellowship really help guys get over things. Maybe a little bit easier. I don't know, but it just, in my experience and what I've seen, I think that's true. Um, I think it's deep in my faith. I'm I'm a pretty, I'm not pretty, I'm very uh, devout Catholic and uh, participate in the sacraments regularly and F3, at least in St. Louis, the way we do our COTs and how proximate we are and hold each other accountable, there's evidence of God's grace and mercy 
every morning. And you're seeing these little miracles happen because there's evidence right in front of you. And I don't think necessarily in church world, um, I'm not saying one's better than the other. I think they're both important. It's just one just augments and elevates the other Mm -hmm. uh, in such beautiful ways. Yeah. Yeah. What were we going to say, Dial-Up? You had something? I don't remember now. Okay. You had that body language, like, I got something to say. Oh, I, I, yeah, I know what it was. It was, just, it was in your reference to how F3 is just different than other men's ministries. It, it, it enables guys to take action, right? Not, yeah. Not just to, to dwell on it, open up and share about it, but, like, what, what can I do to, to fix it? And uh, whether it's, you know, going out and having that confrontation with somebody else to kind of fix it and have a discussion that needs to happen, um, but to, or, or just to take care of it on your own, you know, to give mm-hmm. it to truly give it over to God and like, let it, let it go away. Let it be, yeah. let it be dealt with. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's an odd, I think Dred says this, it's an odd kind of love to not tell another man the truth. Right. Yeah. And, uh, with the, with our shield lock every, we meet every week and we really talk about our quarterly goals. We actually did a recently a, a whole kind of legacy, uh, vision, uh, because I wanted to say if this is the kind of life I want to reflect back on, especially with everything going on with my family and the kind of phase of life I'm in, um, how do I break that down to years, to quarters, and then to weekly conversations? So my shield lock is really, it helps us say no, which is an important word. Mm-hmm. Why are you saying yes to this? Because I know it doesn't tie to who you want to be at the end of your life. I know it doesn't tie to the legacy you want to leave. Yeah. So it's really taken us to a whole nother level of uh, support, challenge, love, uh, and helping make sure those guardrails stay on. Yep. Yeah. Very good. Very good. So um, just to change topics a little bit, you are now, you're the uh, sector queue for the nation. Right? Yeah, the head of, yeah, the head of sectors. So sectors was created. Um, and it, even as a Nantan, when I get on those nation calls, I wanted to talk to other Nantans about what was working, what was yeah. not working, yeah. what, what the, how they planned, what was next, maybe struggles with the SLT or, you know, what uh, blind spots um, you can help me watch out for. And it was great to hear from, you know, the nation SLT, but uh, the reason we recreated sectors was really to connect with the Nantans to coach them and then to coordinate, to coordinate, you know, between the nation and the regions, but also mostly to connect regions to regions mm-hmm. because those Nantans, those local Nantans, when those guys speak up, you really listen yeah. if you're an Nantan. Right. Right. <laughs> so the way that we're making connections relationally to help regions really follow through on the mission. But then also once they build those relationships, they're like, hey, we're about an hour away. What about this city between us? Why don't we work together to launch in the city, you know, between us and, and really make this this uh, mission rock and roll outside of our region, right? How do we work together to really expand this thing is some of the beauty uh, that I'm seeing too. Yeah, and I've, I've actually dropped the ball uh, the last half year. I've been dealing with some uh, physical issues myself, but... Um, but I haven't been paying attention to our sector, uh, uh, channel. Uh, so dial up is going to be taking over <laughs> Nantan, uh, leadership from me on June 11th. And, uh, right. you'll have to do that now. <laughs> my duties. Make up for my, right. my lacking there in the last <laughs> half year. I haven't been, so we, you know, I had, I had that idea three years ago, like how could we get Nantans together or, you know, just reach other regions to get together to talk and, and network and, and I came up with this idea that ended up being the Keystone Convergence. I don't know if you had heard about oh, that. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, that's coming up actually. And I'm like, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to attend this year because I'm going to be at a, a conference for work in St. Louis, by the way, which I got to talk to you about. But definitely. Yeah. So anyway, was the third year for the Keystone Convergence. And the whole, the whole reason behind that germination of an idea was like, I'd like to get together with other guys. And this is shortly after we planted the shovel flag here because I was, because we just celebrated, yeah. celebrated our third year in existence. And I think I got to, I would like to talk to other guys and see what they're doing and you know, that kind of stuff. So it's, yeah, it's really invaluable, isn't it? I mean, you start networking with other guys kind of doing the same thing you are, but man, they got a good idea here or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, even, you know, conversations that we're having for Nantans that leave the Nantan position, you know, making sure that where are they going next? Yeah. 
how do you process that emotionally? You're, you're used to being this, this guy responsible for the outcomes and the culture. Yeah. But there's a bit of a, a grieving process that they intend. So it's like, how can we also be a support network for these guys? Not to just accelerate them, but, to, but also to make sure that they're not falling apart. You know, that they still have a place, either kind of what you're doing here or, you know, just nuzzling up to the guy next to him and then being the ideal packs and, and spreading the culture that way. Yeah, Dallas, keep an eye on me, man. I already gave you your assignment. I'm falling yeah. apart. You're here. kicking butt, man. <laughs> yeah, he wanted me to expand our uh, our social media imprint or footprint. Yeah, yeah, I've been I've been trying, crushing it. Yeah, only on Facebook though. I don't do any of the other guy right, things. Old, but that's okay. Yeah. You're crushing it on Facebook. That's, I am. I'm crushing. That's it. where us old people. <laughs> we just got to get you over to Instagram and Twitter a little bit. More. Yeah, yeah. You hear that, GMO? You I'm crushing it. it, buddy. Or not? Or not? Or not? Yeah. I don't know about you. I I quit social media a couple of years ago. That's a good idea. He did too, but he came back. I, I only, well, yeah, I deleted Facebook. I mean, completely deleted my account, the whole thing. Never retrievable again, at least by me. Uh, wow. And uh, stopped watching the news and everything because I was just getting fed up with everything. And, you know, and of course, I'm not changing anybody's mind. Dial-Up's heard me yeah. say this before on social media. So I was like, I just got to get rid of it because it's causing me to have this, this ADD-like brain, you know? If yeah. I, if I have two minutes of downtime, I'm scrolling through social media like like a fool. And trying to yeah. fix people. And trying to what? And trying to fix people. Yeah, trying to fix people. It didn't <laughs> work. With you? It didn't work. Nobody got fixed. But um, but the guys kind of challenged me to get back on Facebook so I could spread the word about our region. So that's the only thing I use it for. I don't use it really yeah, for no, anything yeah, else at all. Say, yeah, really so I've been really else, so. disciplined You're, you're using that, it for the positive purposes. I have been, have, yeah. So. I, haven't, I haven't engaged with all the other right. stuff. So we've got to work on Twitter and Instagram. We'll work on that. Yeah, Twitter. Oh, and he still wanted to, and he wants to do TikTok for some reason. Yeah, I want to. He, oh. he keeps talking about doing TikTok. Yeah, I'm gonna start doing TikTok videos right. for our region. I, I forgot about that. There Thank you, you for telling me that. All right, so. See, I've got a mission now. I'm on. I'm on You're a, not gonna fade. You're not gonna fade. I'm on a TikTok <laughs> mission. Good luck with that. But you know, you're right. I think uh, so. For me, just my personal journey. Like I, I'm gonna be 57 in September, and I got some. I had a back injury. I had a second, another a back operation years ago. I had, had another back operation three months ago. I'm recovering from that. And, and I'm, so I'm feeling, uh, physically not fit enough to lead. Right. Yeah. And, and, and that's kind of changed. I mean, I'm getting, I'm closer to 60 than I am 50 now. So, you know how that yeah. goes, right. How you feel about yeah. that. And then, um, you know, I think it's time for somebody else to take over and lead and get the opportunity. And of course, dial up is going to do that and he's going to be amazing at it. Uh, but that leaves you in the wind, right? Like, what do I do? I have this urge to lead. I have this urge to make a difference. And, you know, I can still contact other PAX guys and stuff. And I heard Dredd say one time that uh, he's a Nantan Emeritus imbued with immense power, quoting the Abraham Lincoln movie. It's like, yeah, that's going to be me, Nantan Emeritus. <laughs> yeah, and don't, don't, be fooled, don't be fooled by this guy. He is born to lead. And, and you know her darn well that just because you're not going to have the title Nantan anymore, you're going to lead. Well, I got to lead something. But I, I'm going to stay out of your way, though. Don't worry. Yeah, just don't, just don't oh, leave. Yeah. Just don't, just don't leave and go on to something. No, else. no, I'm not, no, I won't leave. I'm not leaving. I love F3. Right. Yeah, I'm not leaving. But yeah, uh, said, one thing I would say is when the pack look to you for information, even if you know the answer. Yeah. Back up and point to. That's right. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm yeah. serious. You'll, you'll get the rush because you'll know the answer, but. right? Right. You got to back up from that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good point. But now Dialup's going to be great. He knows he's better at all this than I am now, so he's going to be good. But, but we we also uh, changed two other guys in our SLT. Our first FQ and our third FQ are new guys. So I'm not going to be able to. I mean, I could, but it's not my job to teach them the job. It's the guys that are leaving that position. And Absolutely. so anyway, it's going to be a new SLT. So, and nice. I won't, and I won't be a part of it. Exciting so, times. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. No more meetings. No more meetings. Yeah, we didn't have a. I probably wait. There's the meetings. I didn't agree to meetings. <laughs> was whatever you want to make it now, buddy. That's not F3. I heard he doesn't attend. <laughs> <laughs> Our previous Nantan didn't attend, so why am I? Well, uh, you know, the, well, as far as the nation goes, when they were having Nantan, remember they were having Nantan calls. Yeah, we still do. Quarterly. Yeah, so yeah, so they still do. So, but they always have it like in the middle of the day on a weekday, and I'm working. I, yeah. I could never make the Nantan calls. Yeah. All right, so I got yeah. I got quarterly Nantan. Na- nation, national, Nantan yes, call. yes, yes, and then a sector one, right? And how often is a sector one? Uh, monthly. That's monthly. All right. Yeah, not too yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah, you, you'll do better. 
trying to make sure they're valuable. Just so I can um, slowly break this news to my M. Because <laughs> 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 when she found out uh, as going to be the Nantan, she's yeah. like, you, you what? <laughs> is, is, your, is, your, is your M a fan or a widow of F3? She's she's a fan. She's a fan, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's pretty much a fan. She wishes she had something like this for ladies and she and she's tried. Yeah. Uh, yeah. to to no avail. Her her problem yeah. I'll leave it at that. But she, but she's yeah. a fan, but there's times when uh I have learned through conversations with her that I need to strike a, a better balance uh yeah. in uh my commitment to F3 versus my commitment to other uh husbandly and yeah. household related duties. Well, I find that uh, I make sure that I uh, put as much time into planning date night as I do a queue. Yeah, it's a good measure. That's a good. That, that's a great measure. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you work from home. You'll be home. You could. You I'm, like I work in the operating room. I can't, even I wanted to do it from work. I can't get yeah. on the calls, but you'll be able to do that. Yeah. 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 So yeah, he's gonna be great. Don't worry. His wife's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> my my wife said my M said. Uh, I, more than once, but just Sunday, she's like, yeah, he's going to get mad at you. Everything you do, you hand off to him. You hand off the soccer team. You got the Sunday school class. It's, he's going to, you shouldn't do this to him. She's like, speaking the truth. <laughs> so, Dialogue, what you got to do is make sure you tell Fib what to do next because yeah. you will be doing maybe that next. Oh, yeah. So yeah. You get to, yeah. Right. yeah there next. you go. Yeah, I got other ideas for him of how he can stay busy <laughs> Ooh, in, his, okay. in his Nantan Emeritus role. All right. But, I look uh, forward to that. I might give him a little break. Like yeah, but, but, a couple days. Okay, <laughs> sounds good to me. Anyway, should we get back to our guest? Yeah, I guess we should talk about. Let GMO right. talk about himself. Enough about us. All right. Uh, I don't even know where we were. <laughs> oh, sector chief, right? You're the uh, Q of sectors. Sector chief. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I got uh, I don't know six guys on the, on that as sector queues, and then what they started to do is break it down into areas. So, to your Keystone convergence ideas, how do you get guys that are you know, more proximate and you get guys that maybe are Nantans that want to step into leading across regions. Uh, so it's part of the leadership development process that we've got. And there's, you know, lots of opportunities in the nation if, if guys are ready to step into, you know, any of the, the opportunities that you hear about on the 43 feet podcast. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I, it's a huge honor. And again, as I reflect back to kind of that pain or that, uh, so that darkness, um, and then here I'm blessed and honored and unbelievable kind of leader of men is yeah. uh, kind of shocking, but uh, it's a huge honor, that's for sure. The thing I would, I would mention, too, is about I've got uh, another um, evolution is what I've started to refer to with uh, my shoulder. I had slipped on black ice, tore my rotator cuff for the second time, had um, surgery, rotator cuff surgery in December and recovering. And then in April, I had a bad accident, ripped the stitches out. So I'm getting ready to go uh, back into rotator cuff surgery here on um, June 12th. Mm -hmm. And this whole last year, while I've been trying to recover from it and prepare for the surgery, um, I tried to be a bit of a role model around modify as needed, Yeah, uh, which is something that I would really encourage guys. It was great for me because I didn't slip into the fart sack. Uh, I was still getting up. Right. I was modifying as needed, which I called it a little bit of a exercise in humility, mm -hmm. which most guys need that antidote to pride. Yeah. Um, so it was, uh, it was good for me. I'm, I'm uh, looking forward to getting through these first six weeks after this surgery and, and getting back out into the bloom. Um, you know, and, and leading the workout while you're in a, uh, a sling with your arm and, mm -hmm. and doing kind of one right arm uh, side <laughs> uh -huh. uh, uh It was a lot of fun to, you know, kind of journey through this last year through another evolution. The other thing, too, is I couldn't say enough uh, experience I've had with uh, GTEs, with Grow Ruck mm -hmm. um, experiences, you know, through my life. I just recently retired. My mom, you heard the story there, and then my shoulder it felt like a GTE at, at kind of the sunrise service in the morning when you think you're done and then you've got more evolutions. And I'm grateful for my faith, for my family, for F3 and the men and the relationships I have. But even that, that GTE, um, I've done four of them, um, and they've made me durable enough to manage 
yet more evolutions in my life. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm here and leading well my family and myself and, um, you know, my neighborhood uh, because of F3. I don't, I don't think I'd, I'd be doing what I'm doing without it. So, Yeah, that's cool. I, you know, I, I get you. I was, uh, all I could do were Merkins and crunches before, yeah. my, before my recent back surgery. And I wanted to be there though. I wanted to be there. You know, the yeah. guys are doing the workout. I'm doing, you know, Merkins and crunches until they're done. I'm still there for the circle of trust. So falling into the mulch. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they, they created an exercise named mulch after angels. Me. Yeah. So we, I was, <laughs> this was after my surgery. I could only walk. I couldn't do anything else except walk. That was my rehab. So I'd showed up in one of our AOs, the parking lot and the guys were doing their beat down and I'm walking a, a short loop around the parking lot and I turned around to walk backwards to watch what they were doing. And I backed right into a curb and fell backwards into the mulch. And fortunately, oh my. yeah, fortunately it was a fresh pile of mulch and made, made the landing soft. <laughs> I was laughing before I hit the ground, but then one of the guys de- then developed the Nantan roll as a, as an exercise, <laughs> you drop on your back, get back up. So yeah, that's, I love it. yeah. But the Nantan roll, I forgot, I forgot about those. <laughs> We've done this for a couple of weeks. I know, but it was, but it, you know, it, I wanted to be there. It wasn't like, yeah. you know, I was, I, I, Nothing great that I did. I just, it was for me. I wanted to be there with the guys, you know, and I did feel yeah. a, a, a bit of responsibility. Absolutely. As an Antan to still show up, but uh, yeah. yeah. Do you guys do cafeteria after all your, all your beat downs? Uh, we do it. So Saturday is our most attended beat down. And, yeah. um, you know, up here in central Pennsylvania, north central Pennsylvania in the wintertime, it's tough to stick around after the beatdown because, you know, you're warm and within five minutes you're freezing. So uh, we go to Perkins, a restaurant here for, for breakfast. Yeah. Not everybody goes because some guys have to leave. But now that the weather's better, we're doing a little cafeteria at the site first and then going there. So we do that Saturdays. Uh, the other days of the week, we, we don't we um, uh, because everybody has to get to work. Yeah. And and again, with the, with the weather getting better, we might be able to um, do some on-site stuff like on Wednesdays or something like that. But even then we're, we do a 30 for 30 on Wednesdays. So, oh, nice. yeah, we stole that from camo, but, uh, from Katie, Texas camo was on, on the podcast, but, um, camo, yeah. so, but no, so that we, that's basically the, the real cafeteria where there's extended conversation occurs on just one day a week. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, we don't, you know, Tuesdays and Thursdays are a 5 a.m. beat down. They're just running, uh, beatdowns and everybody's like at five forty-five. they got to get out of there to get to work. So it's basically, yeah. you know, we recite the five core principles in the mission statement. We run, we do the, a quick circle of trust and then we got to get to work. So that kind of thing. Huh. And we're, we're, we're not a very populated area. So we're not, I mean, that's my excuse for not growing bigger than we are at the moment. But right now we only have one AO per day, six days a week. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's not All like, right. you know, metropolitan area like St. Louis where I don't know how many AOs you guys got on, on a given day. I, mean, I don't know, 12 regions and about over 100 AOs. But our AOs, we do them multiple days a week. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Tuesday, Thursday. Um, and pretty much every workout after we have a pot of coffee. There's a coffee queue that, that uh, brings cups and coffee. So it's a, nice. just the way we do it, right? Yeah. Everybody's got a different way to do it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, everybody does, and I, you know, I, I wish we could do cafeteria more often, uh, and maybe there's a way we could figure that out. I don't know. I'll See. work on it. That's Nantan's yeah. job, right? That's yeah. right. It's Nantan's right. job now. <laughs> See what I come up with. So, yeah, yeah, I look forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't drink coffee, so I don't care what we have. I'll just sit there and stand there and talk. So whatever. <laughs> All right, cool, man. So I was going to ask you, like, kind of what you do. You post, like, how often you post some kind of workouts you do, but you got this this shoulder injury now, so I'm. Anything, yeah, just a regular beat down, rocking. Um, I'm, I'm not an avid runner. Maybe it goes back to my cross country days, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, uh, you know, I'm just pretty general, uh, you know, a lot of the CSOPs that we do, I'll participate in as well. Um, grow rocks, but, but I've heard you guys talk about tough mutters or iron man. Um, that's, that's not my, that's not my thing. Yeah. We didn't No, nope, Nobody's done an iron man, but we did, a. um, Blue Ridge Relay. The Blue Ridge Relay. Tussie Relay. The Tussie yeah. Relay. Some, the running stuff. Nobody from our region has done a GTE. You mentioned that you've done a few. Nobody from our region has even gone to a GTE yet. I've tried I've tried to create a rucking culture. Uh, I've had two different guys that we named as the Ruck Q, and neither of them uh, were successful at getting it really off the ground. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, so it's, it's an area, I think it's an area of weakness for us because there's certainly a lot of opportunity for for guys there that, you know, may not be able to run and they could get a workout rucking. Uh, you could talk while you ruck. Um, and then the GTE stuff. I mean, I, I would, I would have done one by now if my back was normal, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think would've... we kind of talk about it as a ruck, but it's really a leadership development weekend, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, rucking is just one component of it. And we're also doing the grow run, right? There's yeah. um, a kind of a running event that we're organizing as well. So yeah, I heard that's going to be in New Orleans. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I would say that uh, GTE was right up there with one of the most transform transformational events that I've done, you know, getting married, mm-hmm. kids, um, the, that axe retreat that I went on and a GTE. Um, so I, I can't talk enough about it. I won't go to too much detail, but it's definitely something that if you want to uh, realize that your feelings don't matter, um, that you need to get, get it done. You need to be durable. Uh, for me, the GTE, along with a bunch of men, shoulder to shoulder, mm-hmm. lifting those logs and, and doing hard things in the middle of the night. Um, there's a lot of unlocking occurs yeah. uh, with, with these events. So I know you guys heard a lot about them, but we'll be looking for that Northeast sector to get maybe a little bit more active in Pennsylvania around the GTEs. Yeah, that would be great. And uh, uh, I, 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 I would love to do one. I, I just can't get under a log with my spine. Uh, so yeah. yeah. I mean, you could be a trainer, right? You could be a trainer. You could be on the support. Uh, you know, there's lots of opportunities for you to. Still yeah. I don't think you could be a trainer unless you do one first. That's, I thought that was yeah. the case. So anyway. Yeah. yeah. You'll get there. Is, is Valley Forge still planning? Uh, they, they I had one planned and they canceled it last year because of lack of registration. I don't, remember whether it's kind of to look at the schedule and see yeah yeah the capital was pretty close i think this last year too yeah yeah absolutely i would look at you dial dial up is on your list of things to try yeah definitely it's it's one of those things that i i know i i I need to do and and i want to do it's uh yeah i'm probably using schedule and other activities as an excuse uh so i just need to get rid of that excuse and and get the one Mm -hmm. yeah He'd be great. He'd be, he'd do fine. I mean, he could do it tomorrow if he had to. Yeah. I heard nothing about uh, negative about any of them and, and every, everybody just so highly recommends that, you know, Mm -hmm. Uno is, uh, Uno is kind of like a, a guest, uh, a PAX member of ours who Mm -hmm. shows up. He did one not too long ago. And I mean, he called us immediately afterwards and just shared how, um, you know, life changing it was for him and, and, and on, on our podcast here, we've had a lot of guys who've done them that, that just speak very highly of them. So definitely, definitely something, uh, that I want to do. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Part uh, of me would like to do it with my 2.0. I think, yeah, yeah, I think it'd be a really cool father son. Absolutely. Thing to do. Yeah. As well. Kind of a rite of passage experience for him. Yeah. Right. That'd be great. Yep. All right. Well, um, no, we talked about a lot of stuff. Uh, there's, a. Uh, there's two questions I ask everybody at the end. Uh, you, I don't know if you've done your homework enough to hear those questions yet, but uh, should we ask anything of GMO uh, before we get to those? No, I think anything else. Yeah, we've covered a lot of ground. We did. Not we did. in a straight line, but uh, no. uh, but we covered a lot of ground. <laughs> That's how my mind works. A little <laughs> ADD, a little dyslexia. It's it's all good stuff, though. Yeah, you got nothing on dread. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah go listen to his podcast uh it's hard to wrangle <laughs> yeah yeah he was uh, he was great though man. he's the only one to urinate during our podcast <laughs> <laughs> that we know of that we know of right <laughs> no it was great uh so all right well the last two questions first one is uh if you were to pick somebody could be anybody, distant past, somebody who's alive now, whatever that you would consider, somebody who's inspired you, a hero kind of thing, somebody you look up to, who would that be? Uh, for me, I only one that I really look up to and, and would want to meet uh, is Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm uh, reading a book now, The Relentless Elimination of Hurry. And love and joy and hope don't happen when you're rushing around. Relationships are broken. And uh, 
to be able to see how he leads and influences and draws people in with uh, kind of a slow presence. Uh, something right now that I'm, I'm really attaching a lot of, uh, of my uh, time and, and prayer and conversations with my buddies about. That's great. Is that, so that book, is that taken like Jesus life as an example of, uh, being, yeah, yeah that, yeah. that's really, yeah, really yeah. good. I mean, it talks about social media it talks about, you know, biblically, right. Uh, Paul's letter to the Corinthians, uh, love is patient is the first line, right? So, yeah. um, we spend so much time rushing around and hurrying and having plans and cajoling kids and wives in our direction and, I look back on those times in my life and that's kind of when relationships are broken. So working on uh, slowing down and being more present and prioritizing the things that I'm focused on. That's really good. I, I, um, I had a, I don't know how to describe this, but before my operation and, and since then I had this conviction that I've been, doing that too much. I've been rushing around too much. I get too impatient. I'm trying to rush through one thing to get to the next thing. And sometimes I'm not even in a hurry. I just feel like I am. Yeah. And I'm really not. And I haven't stopped and just taken my time and really appreciated the moment. And, uh, so I think, I think that since then I've been doing a better job of that. I think I'm trying to listen to people better, um, than I did in the past. And, you know, my patients, when I see them in the hospital and stuff like that, I've always, uh, not every patient, but I offer to pray for my patients and stuff like that. But I'm, I'm trying to be a little bit more in tune instead of trying to focus on fixing the problem and moving on to the next problem, which is the way I'm geared. It's sort of, I don't know if it's my personality, but certainly what happens through training. Yeah, that's how you're trained. Yeah, uh, It's right. like, uh, you, okay, here's a question, here's the answer, move on to the next one kind of thing. And you're right. just... And, yeah, I'm and, saving lives here, right? Solving problems. Yeah, well, and, there's, and there's so much to do. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a busy day, and you're trying to, yeah. like, just trying to get from one problem to the next problem so you can leave at a reasonable time, that kind of thing. Yeah. And, uh, and I realized that if I just take a little bit more time, it's not that big a deal. And, and, and there's less anxiety Yeah. when I think of it that way. And so I really appreciate you saying that. And I think that's, that's, that would be an interesting book to read, but Jesus is a great example. That's the guy I picked. So awesome. can't do better than that. Right. What about you dial up? Who'd you pick? Boy. Yeah. I, I was back. I think Abraham Lincoln, you know, I, yeah. I, I, no offense to your choice. I always say, you know, like Jesus is like the obvious pick, right? It's Sunday, yeah, Sunday school course. answer. Right. Yeah. And so nothing, nothing wrong with going there and I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, but like Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, I think are other two, two other guys um, nice. that I would, that I would pick. Yeah. I would say that the most common picked guys are Lincoln, Washington, number of guys that said Jesus, obviously. Yeah. And some, there's been at least three, at least three guys that have said uh, Roosevelt, Teddy yep. Roosevelt, yeah. including uh, our last week's uh, episode. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, and a lot of guys too. Their their father, you know. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So many, yeah, yeah. That's the number one, I think. Right. Number one. Nice. Pick. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. All right. Well, cool. All right. Um, last question. This is your chance to speak to the men of America. What's your message for the men of America? Men of America, yeah. get off your asses and lead. Step up. We've got a crisis <laughs> of the lack of male leadership. Um, Preach. Leadership on, on that. Um, the thing for me, I think, kind of going back to maybe where I started, is um, kind of find meaning in your pain and suffering. Mm. Uh, another way to think about that is, um, you know, it's going to be tidal waves of difficult and unexpected um Fortify yourself with the men at your side. Fortify yourself with um, what you're reading, what you're listening to. Uh, fortify yourself with being present with your family, the people that matter the most. Um, but be ready to be challenged, to be ready for the chaos, be ready for the things that you haven't planned or you didn't expect or you don't feel like doing, uh, and hold your head up, standing up straight and um, moving things forward and being the man that you want to be when you're on your deathbed. Mm-hmm. Um, I always have that momentum, Mari. Just uh, remember your death. Uh, think about it now and uh, uh, live a life with no, no regrets. Um, get out there and lead. Yeah, 
I well, like that. Well said, man. Get off your ass and lead. <laughs> we should put that in the intro. <laughs> that could be a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Been really great, uh, Deepip. I want to see you when you're in St. Louis. Oh yeah, yeah. So tell me, I'm I I can't remember the name of the hotel, but I'm in downtown St. Louis somewhere for yeah. a conference. Like, where should I go? Should I just get a hold of you when I get down there? Or you- yeah, definitely. I'll meet you there, and we'll go out for some coffee or um, whatever. I can get a little extra time with Deepip. I want to I want to do that. <laughs> make sure well, he- same right back at you, brother. Make I can't sure he wait. Buys. Yeah, what? <laughs> make sure what? Make sure he buys. Uh, yeah, well, I'll buy, no doubt. <laughs> I, you know, I, owe, I, owe, I owe you for making time for us tonight because this has been just fantastic. Yeah, it has been great. I mean, you know, we got a guy here who, you know, has gone through tough stuff and he's overcome it with the help of obviously uh, Jesus in his life. Um, but now standing strong in his marriage with his kids and leading other men and being the example, uh, just amazing. I mean, the courage it took you to to step out and into the gloom for the first time, considering your history and everything, yeah. is just so inspirational, man. Being the man that God has called you to be. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Don't waste your pain. Share it. Ooh, Sorry. don't waste your pain. Share it. There's another one. <laughs> Dial Let's up. Keep coming. I think we just spoke to another high impact man. Amen, brother. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Thanks, guys. Nice have a good night. Uh, See you in a few weeks, man. All right. Take care, guys. God bless. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I would like to thank our guests for joining us and sharing their story of becoming a high-impact man. More information and resources can be found at highimpactman.com. If you like this podcast, please consider following us on our social media pages or email us at him at highimpactman.com. That is H-I-M at highimpactman.com. The High Impact Man podcast has a new episode every week. And you can find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcast platforms. Have a great week, everyone.